Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris from PleasureMechanics.com, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, soulful conversations about pleasure, joy, and erotic connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of our offerings that we have been generating for you since 2006. As we approach 400 episodes on this podcast, we are taking a break from creating new episodes and recovering some of the gems from our first 200 episodes as they are no longer appearing on most podcast players. So we are organizing the best of our resources in our members-only resource pods at the Pleasure Pod. You can find that at pleasuremechanics.com pod where you can support this show for a small monthly donation and unlock all of our curated members-only resources. And we are bringing some of our favorite episodes back to you as encore episodes. And I found this episode, and it was perfect for today, as I am recording this on January 1st, 2021. We did it. We made it through that year and we are bravely moving forward into this one. And this episode is all about setting erotic intentions and how intentions are totally different to work with than goals or resolutions. So we invite you into setting erotic intentions with us. And this episode was recorded just after coming home from a visit to New York City and being at the Natural History Museum in the crowds. And oh, how I long for those sweaty, breathy crowds now after a year of social distancing. But it also made me aware of really the power of what we're talking about here because I got to reflect on that two years later and realize that through our intentions, we're also making our memories because our family was just talking about this museum visit and what an amazing day we had. And then I listened to this episode where I talk about how I set the intention going into that day. And we are reminded that, you know, our current selves are making memories for our future selves. And if we can seize this moment with a little more joy and intentionality and purpose, uh, we have ourselves to thank later when we have got great memories to look back on. You'll know what I'm talking about as you dig into this. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you want our interactive worksheet around creating erotic intentions, you can find that at pleasuremechanics.com slash intentions. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash intentions, or I will link to it in the show notes page. And you can get your our interactive guide to setting your own erotic intentions as we go into this year. Yeah. All right. We are with you. We will be back soon with new episodes of Speaking of Sex. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this encore presentation. Originally, episode 271 recorded a couple years ago, right around New Year's Eve and presented to you now on January 1st, 2021. Happy New Year. Whenever you are listening to this, we love you. And we will see you soon with new episodes of Speaking of Sex podcast. I'm Chris from PleasureMechanics.com, wishing you a lifetime of pleasure starting today. Cheers. 
Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have explicit yet soulful conversations about human sexuality in all of its crazy manifestations. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big, complicated universe of a topic, and we are here to cover it all. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com for a complete podcast archive. And while you are there, be sure to sign up for our free online course, The Erotic Essentials, so we can give you all of the tools and resources you need to create a solid foundation for a happy, fulfilling erotic life. Visit us at PleasureMechanics.com and sign up for The Erotic Essentials to get started. Okay, so at the time of recording, we are in the last days of 2017. It's that liminal time between the holidays and New Year's where no one quite knows what day of the week it is, and we're all feeling fat and happy, hopefully, from the holidays, (laughs) at least I am, and we're looking towards a new year. And no matter when you're listening to this podcast, if you found it in the archives, what we're going to be talking about is relevant all year round, but it's a theme that tends to come up for people at the beginning of the new year. Some people like to set resolutions. New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions. And I'm not a big fan of the culture of resolutions because it often focuses on what you don't like about yourself, what you don't like about your life. We make these big, wild goals and then forget about them by the time Valentine's Day rolls around. In episode 70 of this podcast that we'll link up to on the show notes page for this one, we talked about setting erotic goals and the importance of goal setting. And today we want to talk to you about intentions and how intention is different than goals, is different than resolutions, and is actually a much saner, healthier way to focus on what you want in your life, on what you want to create, on what you want to experience. And so this episode is going to be all about setting erotic intentions. So how do you relate, Charlotte, to this world of resolutions and goals and intentions? What's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? Where are you at with this? I feel like I've explored the whole range. And right now I feel kind of over this idea that we need fixing, that we need to get better, that we need to overcome our failures and and keep striving to fix and improve ourselves. I feel tired of that. I feel like I'm in a place of feeling like I just want to be good enough and I want to work on what I want to work on. I want to, growth is always something that is welcome, but I want it to come from this place of feeling happy and content and feeling like enough as is, and then build on it. So I'm rejecting resolutions this year. Um, and I'm interested in intentions, just this kind of, it feels more compassionate and gentle. Okay. So let's talk about what the difference between a resolution and an intention is. And when I'm thinking about language and the nuance of these ideas, I always like to look at dictionary definitions and etymology, partly just because I'm a geek, but (laughs) partly because I think in looking at the true definition of words, we can gain some clarity on how we want to use these ideas in our life. 
And so when I looked up these words in the dictionary, here's what I found. A resolution is about change, about fixing something. It's defined as a firm decision to do or not to do something, or the act of solving a problem, dispute, or contentious matter, right? And so it's this idea that, like, we're going to go into the new year, and just because the calendar page is turning, we're going to say something like, I'm going to stop eating sugar and lose 10 pounds, period. And then it's this binary of do you do it or do you not do it? It's kind of like setting yourself up to fail. And maybe you succeed on some, but that's not really how human beings tend to work. We don't really work in binaries. It's not like you're going to just stop eating sugar forever. Very few people operate in that kind of cold turkey way when we're dealing with what we want to change in our life. But when I looked up intention, it's a thing intended, an aim or a plan And it comes from the Latin root, stretching purpose, intentio. It's a stretching, it's a purpose. And this reminds us that an intention is really about focusing your life energy, focusing your attention on what you want to create, what you want to experience, how you want to be. And so instead of having a resolution that will either fail or not fail, an intention is more about aligning yourself with your values and choosing ways you want to focus your attention. And I've been thinking about this a little bit because I guess we should announce what's next for Pleasure Mechanics. So the course I'm working on right now is Mindful Sex. And mindful sex came up for me partly when I was sick in the past few years. I used my practice of mindfulness-based stress reduction to cope with daily chronic pain and to focus my life force energy on getting better. And mindfulness turned out to be the most powerful tool I had to heal and to recover from this dramatic illness. And as I was using mindfulness practices in illness, I really realized how much of our work can be framed around the idea of mindful sex and how the principles of mindful sex are so important to how I understand sexuality, sexual pleasure, sexual connection. And so I'm working on a course for all of you about how to practice mindful sex And it's a beautiful offering. It's almost ready. And we will talk more about that in the new year. But part of mindfulness practice is setting intentions. And the way they talk about intentions in Buddhism and in mindfulness is using your intention to focus your attention. So whereas goals are all about future-oriented and striving, This is what I want, and it's way off in the distance, and I'm going to put all of my actions into accomplishing a goal. It's very future-oriented and very striving. Whereas one of the principles of mindfulness is non-striving and being present in the present moment here and now. And this is where intention comes in. So rather than a future-oriented goal, an intention is a statement of your values and how you want to be in this present moment. So let's give you some examples and then how to apply this to your erotic life. 
Okay, so just the other day, so we spent Christmas in New York City as a family. And one of the things I'm really trying to focus on for myself is reducing stress, Mm. especially while traveling and in big crowds and when we're doing family adventures. And this is a pattern I very much learned growing up. My mother was always stressed out, and especially when we were traveling, and it always made holidays and travels really unpleasant because the dominating emotion was stress. Are we going to get there in time? Are the tickets going to be there? Is it going to be crowded? Like... All of our experiences as a family were experienced through the lens of stress. And this is not the pattern I want to pass on to my daughter, nor the pattern that I want to live in anymore. So this is kind of a big overarching thing for me in life is transform my experience of stress into relaxation, transform scarcity into abundance, and really focus on the pleasure and joy of the experience and letting go of all the other agendas. And so we went to the Natural History Museum on the day after Christmas, and it was super crowded. And our daughter was really excited to see the dinosaur bones. And going into that experience on the car ride over, I set the intention of being a loving presence and being relaxed in this experience. That was my intention, was no matter how the day goes, I'm going to just feel loving, act loving, be courteous, and be relaxed. And so we get to the museum, and it is super crowded, and there's long lines, and everyone's pushing each other away for the elevator. And I just chose to stay with my intention. And so in the big elevator crowds, I stood back and held the elevator door and let people off before us. In the cafeteria that was like a madhouse, (laughs) I did gestures of kindness for people and I made way for people and I connected with the people working there and thanked them for their work in making everything run efficiently. And it changed the day. We navigated the crowds. We saw what we wanted to see. There was no pressure. There was no stress. And we had a beautiful, joyful experience. And part of that experience came out of me focusing my intention and choosing to behave according to that intention. It's so interesting because you didn't tell me that. Right. But I felt that. And in those moments where you're being really gracious with the public and polite and just kind, I find that so attractive. And Mm. so I I feel proud of you and I feel like I get to really see who you are and like the goodness of who you are. And then I feel more love and it becomes this whole crazy circuit of deliciousness. But I didn't know that you had done that. I know we had a lovely day. Um, And it's such an interesting piece of intentionality being a private thing, something that you can do on your own, but certainly affects and impacts everyone around you. Okay, so let's talk about how this bridges into the erotic realm. Okay, so we are defining intentions as a practice of focusing your attention on certain values, certain experiences that you want to embody in the present moment. And this is a practice that needs to be emphasized. It's not something you achieve, it's something you do, it's a way of being. Mm. And how does this relate to eroticism? And here I really want to define erotic versus sexual. 
So erotic being that which gives you life, that which fills you up with energy, that which makes you feel creative and generative. And enlivened. Enlivened. And what this means is it makes you feel more alive and vibrant and excited about being here now, being alive in this body, in this moment. That's what we mean by eroticism. And so that includes sexuality, but it also includes your sensual experience, your spiritual experience, the experience of being alive and present for life. So erotic intention for me is about aligning your actions with your values so you can experience more joy, pleasure, aliveness in each day. And your intentions change because how you need to be living and what you want to be experiencing changes depending on life circumstances. So we are going to invite you to set erotic intentions. And so if we think about intention focusing your attention, the equation for me starts with desire. What do I want? What do I want to be experiencing? Who do I want to be in this phase of my life. And that can be a day, like I'm going to this specific event. How do I want to be at that event? What do I want to experience? Or it can be for a month or a year or longer, right? So there's micro intentions, there's macro intentions, but it starts with the desire. And then you say your intention. And then that goes to your will and your actions. So through my intention at the museum of staying relaxed and loving, my actions were things like not rushing, not getting stressed out when we're waiting in line for an elevator, holding the elevator door, thanking people, making fun, joyful connections with strangers, not stressing out when our daughter wanted to stay at one exhibit. She was really (laughs) into the bones of the giant sloth. (laughs) And there was all these other rooms to explore, but she was transfixed by this one exhibit. And so we lingered there and I didn't get stressed out. So focusing on your intention dictates how you act. And then through those actions, you create your experience. And so it's a little bit of alchemy, I think, right? You're going from this inner world of desire and wants and values manifesting them through your actions and then those actions as you said create responses Mm. and we aren't getting too woo woo here right this is all very uh tangible and when you start behaving with more intentionality you start noticing how your actions create reactions and how that circuit then dictates your experience of a day a month a year a lifetime it's very generative. It's it's accessing the creative part of ourselves. Which is the erotic. Right. Yes. So questions to focus on as you're thinking about your values to frame your intentions are things like, what matters most to you right now? What would you like to create in your erotic life? How would you like to feel in your erotic life? What would you like to forgive or let go of? How do you feel when you are your most sexually fulfilled? Like, what does that really feel like? What makes you proud of yourself? What fears would you like to release? What are you grateful for in your sex life? 
These questions will allow you to reflect on your values and your desires so you can find your intentions and then from your intentions, focus your attention and your actions to create that experience for yourself. So let's get specific. Okay, so I gave the example of going to the museum with the intention of staying loving and calm and eliminating stress. What are some erotic intentions that people might focus on? And I do want to mention, I'm going to create a worksheet for this. And at the end of the episode, I'll tell you where to get that worksheet to really walk you through this process of going from your inner desires and values to your actions and living through your erotic intentions, both solo and then within a relationship if you are in one. And we're all in relationships. I'm starting to also let go of this. Like, if you're in a relationship, meaning marriage or a long-term relationship, we all have many relationships and they all count towards our eroticism. Anyway, I digress. So what are some examples of erotic intentions that people might set? And let's then walk through how to go from the value to the action. Mm, I think playfulness is a really important one. Okay, so playfulness. So the value there is I want to experience more joy, I want to be more playful, and I want to feel more playful and more alive in that way. Right? Yes. Okay, so the intention there could be framed, I intend to live more playfully every day and welcome elements of play into my life. So what are three actions that could embody this intention? And for us, we have a shortcut, our three-year-old daughter, right? She is just a full embodiment of play. And so we have opportunities to play all the time. So let's take a child out of the equation. And as an adult, how do we become more playful? And then how that might translate into our erotic life. So for me, I love words. So one of the ways I might play more is wordplay, rhyming and opportunities with strangers to make a little joke and create a little laughter with clever witty wordplay is something I might focus on. I love embodied play so we have snow outside where we are so I'm thinking of rolling around in the snow and acting out scenes or just playing with my body and snowball fight. Any of, yeah, snowball fight. I don't know why I keep thinking of like being a bear in the snow, <laughs> like just feeling free in my body outside in the snow. Right. And if you don't have snow, this might mean like skipping up onto a ledge and walking along a ledge instead of being on the sidewalk, mm. finding ways to interact more playfully with our environment and how we move through space. Another way might be as you're waiting at the restaurant for your food to come, instead of having just boring grown-up conversation about the news and what's going on, blah, 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 getting out a pen and making a little drawing game or a little word game or playing tic-tac-toe or hangman or we gamify at all these different points in our life. And that just creates a little more levity. And if you do this with yourself, with people you're in relationships with, it creates that energy in your life so that when you're in bed, you might bring more playfulness into your sex life. Because you're, you're practicing, you're, you're getting that energy going in your body and in your mind and in your interactions. And so it's more familiar. 
So let's do another one. So I think a big erotic intention for a lot of people can be receptivity. Mm-hmm. The idea of receiving pleasure, being open to receiving. And so if we focus our intention on being more receptive, what could that look like out in the world? The first thing that comes to mind for me is when someone offers you something saying, please and thank you. That would be delightful. So I think often strangers and the universe offer us all these different opportunities and our first answer tends to be no. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. Don't worry. No, no. Yeah, I don't fine. want to put you out. You know, yeah. That kind of. And some of it, it's about politeness, but a lot of it is about worthiness and deserving and not being open and receptive to what the world brings you. This is what you say if somebody offers to bring you something. Thank you. That would be lovely. I think sometimes we don't even know how to receive. Uh-huh. We don't have to have a whole big story. You can just say thank you. Well, I notice this with you all the time, not to put you on the spot, but last night you were getting settled in. It was kind of cold. And so I was like, can I make you some hot water bottles? And your first response is like, oh, no, you don't need to bother. And I knew you wanted them. And so I pushed <laughs> you a little further. And I was like, are you sure? And you said, oh, well, if you're really offering... And I was really offering the first time. And I think so often we need to push through that resistance to receive. Okay. So saying yes, please, thank you. That would be lovely. Yes. I'm really good at that sometimes. Other times I get out of practice. It is something to keep practicing. Yeah. And even things like stopping to pick up a penny. Uh Uh-huh. In New York City, we found about 10 pennies. (laughs) And a dime. And a dime. We're 20 cents richer. (laughs) But I think that slowing down and seeing something and saying, yes, I will pick that up. Just for Yes, I will choose it. Sometimes being receptive looks like giving yourself a pleasure during the day. So I will linger at the coffee shop, have a refill of coffee and sit with my pen and paper for just 10 minutes longer. There's nothing else I need to be doing right now. I'm being receptive to relaxing into this experience. And sometimes being receptive is the big things, like knowing there's a job promotion at work. And instead of deferring, putting your name in the hat and going to your supervisor and saying, I feel ready for this promotion. How can we work together on this? Or what do I need to do to interview for the position? Sometimes it's just about saying yes to the smallest things, the penny on the floor, to the biggest things, the thing that you want most in life. And giving it a yes, right? Receptivity is so much about, I have the space and the strength and the willingness to receive this gift, whatever that looks like. So practicing receptivity. And I think this dynamic between the small stuff and the big stuff is so much, I think, where erotic alchemy comes in. Mm. You know, if you are struggling to receive pleasure in the bedroom and you can't really relax into oral sex or, you know, you don't want to ask for what you really want out of your sex life, you're ready to get kinky but have no idea how to say that to your lover, whatever your big erotic desires are, if you start asking for what you want and saying yes to things out in the world, it flexes this muscle and gives you practice and that experience of creating that circuit of, oh, yes, I would love that. Oh, here, thank you so much. And you give both of you the pleasure of that exchange, right? Receptivity gives someone else the gift of being of service, the gift of being generous, 
And you can identify for that for yourself, too. Like, the ways giving and being of service feels good to you. If you're not receptive, you're denying the people in your life that pleasure of helping you. So there's this way we can practice in our day-to-day life the things we want most out of Mm. our sex life, our spiritual life, the biggest desires we have, how to make them small, actionable embodiments of that intention. Mm. And that's where I think the power of erotic intention comes in. So it starts with focusing on your desires and your values. And I think this might be the hardest piece. Mm. And on the worksheet, I'll give you a bunch of examples and I'll guide you through this process of taking some time to reflect what are you wanting to experience? What are you wanting to feel more of in your life, in your sex life, but also your life as a whole? And then giving that language, finding a value or an idea to assign to that feeling. From there, setting your intention. And then from there, creating the actionable embodied practices of that intention. And holding yourself accountable to doing it and coming back. You're always going to stray, but then you come back to your intention. There were so many moments at that museum where my stress, I could feel my cortisol start to spike. And I could feel my, you know, I just got through the cafeteria and brought our daughter back what she had asked for. And then she was like, actually, this is what I really want. And will you go get me apple juice? And I was just like, <laughs> like I just got through that line. But she wanted, she was thirsty. She wanted apple juice. So I went back in and got back in line and had a delightful encounter. And, you know, and so, and then she didn't even drink. (laughs) So I could like feel myself straying from my intention. And then remembering it because I had language for it. It helped me recenter and get my actions back in alignment with my values. And that's integrity. And when we're living with integrity, when our actions are in line with our values, it feels really good. Mm. It's when you stray, when your values are one thing and you're acting a whole different way that you start feeling kind of frazzled and out of sorts, I think. Mm. The more we can align ourselves with our values, with our desires, and act out of that place we can start see how that feels to be in the world and then maybe we change our actions maybe we change our intentions over time but the more you can live intentionally and it's become such a buzzword but i think this is why we need to break it down and practice it together and see how it feels these things are co-opted by mainstream culture and taken out of context but what does it mean to actually live with intention, with erotic intention, and feel how that feels in your day-to-day life. That is our offering to you as we end 2017. For many people, this has been a really hard year. It's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of natural disasters. There's been political chaos. We are feeling very unmoored, I think, as a culture. And a lot of people are saying good riddance to 2017. And I'll join that chorus, but also recognize that there's been a lot of beauty and good to come out of this year. Some of the repercussions of the chaos of today's troubled times we haven't seen yet. And we are going to reap the good in the future, I believe. I'm a forever optimist. So I think... As we say good riddance to the year, let's also 
take stock of what happened and reflect on it meaningfully and then look towards 2018 and think about what we want to create, what we want to generate individually and together as a culture in the coming year. So that is our invitation for you. Of course, you can always find us at pleasuremechanics.com and we are here for you going into 2018. What will this year bring? Mm. Let us find out together. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. <laughs>